It's Touched by an Angel, mixed with an American Pimp, mixed with Mark Summers' Magical Mystery Tour. It's WatchBots! Hi everyone, welcome to WatchBots, the podcast where the only attempted coup we care about is when a sexual young squirrel tries to make a noise out of its throat and it can't, you know? Yeah. It's topical. I'm following you. That's right. This is Ben and I'm here with proud Republican Chalen. I'm not a Republican, Ben. Wow. <laughs> Outing yourself. Could have fooled me. <laughs> I'm unenrolled. And libertarian Dave. Always oh, getting that Ooh. nut, just like that squirrel. <laughs> can I can I do an alt on my opening joke? Sure. Yeah. Where the only red wave we care about is the Moonblood River from The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> and my joke still stands. Gotta get that <laughs> nut, just like that squirrel. Can I do one more? I'll tear. I just Go thought of another one. Oh, my God. Where the only four seasons we care about are Frankie Valley and his pals. Huh? <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty interested in the uh, keep going all landscape night. company. <laughs> it's true. They are a delightful follow on Twitter. So we're having a normal one in America this week. Just like every other week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this week feels a little more nefarious than Moats. But hey, we're alive. We're alive. You know, the fingers on the button, but but we're here. It's, it's good. 2020 is almost ending. So maybe maybe things will be different come January 1st, 2021. Probably not. But they won't be any different. <laughs> maybe maybe this 12 month period will just uh maybe just be a blip on the radar. I don't think it's going to be the case, but let's hold out hope. Yay. Wow. Yay. Optimism. You, you and your conservative pals. Yeah, typical Republican cynicism. I don't find this joke funny. I'm going on the record. <laughs> I, I find it very funny. <laughs> really flipping the script on you here. I'm enjoying it. The most noteworthy thing to happen this week, it's uh, the release of the new Xbox, which is good news. Did you for, Did you order one, Ben? I ordered one. I actually, okay. I ordered three, but I only meant to keep one, right? But getting pre-orders is tough, and you never know when they're going to be shipped. So mm-hmm. I got one. My brother was unable to get one, so I was I had reserved one for him, and then I had a third, which I canceled. Mine was coming uh, scheduled to come later this week, so they came out on a Tuesday. Uh, my brother's came on the Tuesday, no problem. Mine was due to come on Thursday, but then the shipping stuff never updated, and then Walmart release some online to pick up in store. So I just went and picked one up and now I will sell the the other one for profit. I mean, you could sell it to me at cost. If you want it. Yeah, I'll take it. We'll negotiate right here. Look at All that. Right. You heard Making it here first deals. folks. Dave's get an <laughs> Xbox. There you go. Woo-hoo. New video game console releases are always a fun time because like there's new games and you know, there's things you do with it. But the big thing about this Xbox, and I'm excited about this, 
video game consoles are often designed to be like sleek and like, you know, like it looks really cool in your entertainment center. The new Xbox looks like the fucking monolith from 2001, A Space Odyssey. Yeah. It is <laughs> enormous. It looks like the AllSpark from Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> We've done sleek before. We've done sexy. Like, let's just give... Let's just give the people what they want. Give them a big old fucking block. (laughs) It doesn't fit anywhere in the entertainment center. So it lives behind the TV until it's time to play it. And then I bring it out because it doesn't get internet reception behind the TV. And then it's just this huge fucking chonking (laughs) thing in front of the television. It's good design. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's good. It's uh, it's heavy. It's solid. I feel like I could kill a man with it. I think that wouldn't take a lot of effort. Yeah. 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 Effort to lift it. It's heavy. That's true. Yeah. For you, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Not for me. Not for that gun show. No. Especially not while we're renovating a house. Come on. Ben, stop flexing. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's been the best news of 2020 is the uh, the release of this Xbox. Something to do. Something to be a distraction. Did you get the PS5? Did you order that, too? Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> 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 yes, I did. I've never been able to do like the console release thing on release before like i always am like late or didn't have money in this case it was the rare thing what i had actually saved and put money aside and could make it work so yes the ps5 comes tomorrow i've been told that it's even bigger than the xbox by like several inches but it's kind of it's sleeker looking it's it's sexier it's the tesla to the xbox's volvo it is i'm going to paint a little picture here for listeners who can't google ps5 on their own picture you're looking at the nether regions of a woman and okay the outer labia are white and plastic and the inner labia is black and it kind of looks like that could you say libya again <laughs> labia 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 <laughs> labia labia catholic school did not it's do you favors word. in this particular <laughs> realm of education so and then the the place where you where you put the game it's it's the vulva, <laughs> the vulva, the vulva. <laughs> but the pee hole is separate. I don't. Yes, uh, that that's very strange. And where does yes. the squirt come from? What hole does that come from? <laughs> the uh, the HDMI port, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Gross. I like that I said gross at the same time that Dave said nice. Well, you know that's that's how the show works. Yeah. But Checks out. It's a big week. I was really nervous that after the election, things would fall to shit. And yeah, sure, for society, but also because, like, what about my consoles? <laughs> <laughs> so in that, in that, at least, it's worked out so far. Sure, there's a threat to democracy, but, like, where are my consoles? Yeah, but if I could play video games in the end times, that's okay. We weather that dystopian future. Yeah, with new games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, High resolution. Truly embrace that like Ready Player One kind of world. I would totally play a video game where you were like a jacked up version of Donald Trump, just like running around, <laughs> like driving cars and giving people COVID. Yeah, it would be like <laughs> <laughs> it would be like those games that came out that had the Burger King in them. Sneak King? And you you play yeah, Sneak King and there was like the slot car one and you played it as the Burger King, you could play as the Donald Trump. Sneak King was the best game. If we're, we're lucky enough to have a new president, you think that Donald Trump starring in a video game is out of the question? It, I promise you it is not. And it, it'd be the best video game ever, hands down. People are talking about it already. 
mm-hmm. saying it's the best they've ever played. The bigliest graphics. Yeah. Grand Theft Kofefe. <laughs> what a fucking stupid <laughs> society we're in. They should just drop the nuke on us and get it over with. We suck. <laughs> this is bullshit. I hate this. So anyway. <laughs> big week. Big week. Big month. November, as we've talked about here, the, the month of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And this week brings us another... I, I I can't lie and say I'm thankful for it, but I'm thankful to be having the discussion. We're talking about the Gary Coleman show this week. And Dave, you selected the Gary Coleman show. We brought it up briefly on the show once before. So it wasn't a new discovery, but this was a little before our time. So why this? Why now? Well, a couple months ago, before we decided to do the... Um the uh the the halloween cornucopia or whatever it was <laughs> whatever the fuck stupid <laughs> thing we did i yeah. can't remember before we decided to go do halloween it was my turn to pick and i had uh, i was feeling down you know just 2020 get me down and so i just googled stupidest cartoon <laughs> and lo and behold this came up so that's mm-hmm. my really really short answer stupidest cartoon now there were a bunch of other ones and i'll get to that get to that later but i picked this one because the plot of it and the machinations behind it were so intriguing i thought we had to unwrap it so right. i'm gonna break from format a little bit i'll give a, a little background i'm sure you have it too ben mm-hmm. but this is a cartoon the gary coleman show is a cartoon that is based off of a tv movie called mm-hmm. the kid with the broken halo starring gary coleman I have the VHS cover here on on my phone, and I'm just gonna. <laughs> I so badly wanted you to say you had the VHS. Oh tape man, that would be hand. amazing! But I'm <laughs> what a reveal! The, I'm gonna read the synopsis of uh, the kid with a broken halo. Watch out, world! Ready or not, here comes Andy LeBeau. It's heaven's answer to the celestial question: What do you do with a wayward, wisecracking twelve-year-old angel who's in and out of trouble so often that he's more in need of a guardian than most of the poor humans he's supposed to be watching over? Andy's exasperated teacher wants to send him to the other place. That's in air quotes. But a higher authority intervenes, and Andy is given one last chance to earn his wings. And how he goes about it provides lighthearted, whimsical, angelic entertainment for the entire family. It's got a runtime of 96 minutes, and it's in full color. So his teacher wants to send him to hell? I think so. His angel teacher. So this the show just it baffled me. The TV movie <laughs> itself baffled me. But like just the concept of a kid angel, like did he die? Was he born an angel? Do angels I had that question as well. I also wondered why his why is his name Andy LeBeau? I, Great <laughs> question. Like, <what> is that? <laughs> it's not like in everybody's favorite angel movie, City of Angels, Nicolas Cage's name is Seth. But that, that's at least a biblical name. But it's not Seth LeBeau. Yeah, why does he have right. a full name? So, like, the fact that he has a full name tells me that he was a kid that died, and now he's, yes. like, a perpetual it's 12-year-old. Like cherubim, yeah. Right, right. So that's weird. Right? It's, like, a strange kind of thing to think about while you're watching this, you know, lighthearted comedy. Yeah. And then you add that layer, like, oh, well, let's make this a cartoon. It was a really successful TV movie, maybe. I don't know. I didn't do, do that much research. <laughs> But let's turn this into a cartoon. But we can't call it The Kid with a Broken Halo. Let's call it The Gary Coleman Show. 
Oh, so is it a show about Gary Coleman? No, no, no. It's a show about a character Gary Coleman plays. Andy LeBeau. Andy LeBeau. We're going to take this convoluted, horrible plot line, and we're going to make it more convoluted and animated. Right. Well, an, in- right. an interesting thing about the TV movie as well, the family that he works with. So in the movie, Angelica, who's his teacher in the cartoon, is not there. It's a different teacher. Mm-hmm. And he's not working with a group of kids. He's working with a family called the McNulty's. So it's the spiritual connection to the wire. Yes, yes. And the kid he yeah. works with, the McNulty's, actually grows up to be Detective McNulty. And mm-hmm. like... He's an alcoholic because he saw this angel, but the rest of his family didn't, and they made fun of him so much they called him crazy and all that shit. It was yeah, was Hornswoggle in the TV movie? I don't, I don't believe so. I don't. He think did so. not appear to. No. It's interesting that the Gary Coleman show is based off of this TV movie and not any of the three to four other TV movies that Gary Coleman made for NBC in 1981 and 82. All of which seemed a thousand times more interesting. Well, when you're talking about such pantheon hits as the kid from left field, where he's a boy who likes baseball and then he becomes manager of the San Diego Padres. (laughs) or That's a great cartoon. (laughs) Scout's honor. He's an orphan and he's trying to be the best Cub Scout ever. Or kid with the 200 IQ where he's a kid who's real smart. I feel like all three of those would have made significantly better cartoons than what we watched. That's I'm not going to apologize. True. This was hot garbage. They could have made, you know, similar to the Happy Days Fonz cartoon, a little Laverne and Shirley cartoon. They could have made a Different Strokes cartoon. That would have been... Different Strokes was later. Nope. Wasn't it? Nope. He, do you think oh, Gary, you're right. Though, you think Gary Coleman's getting his own show based off... The kid with the fucking broken halo? I don't think so. I'm just trying to come up with a plausible explanation for <laughs> why they make so. this into the cartoon. That's not right. That's not right. That's not right. R.I.P. Kevin Meany. <laughs> There's a lot of dead people associated with this discussion. And, and that this cartoon on its own is deeply concerning and deeply disturbing. <laughs> but when you add in the fucking context around this, yes, because that's what we're all about is adding context, it gets even weirder. So let's take a quick step back here. I wish I knew what was going on back then. <laughs> Ooh, what a feeling. It's time to talk different strokes. So different strokes I'm is a show that came on in the late 70s on NBC. And the plot line was a maid for a rich dude died and her dying wish was for her two sons to be adopted by the rich guy. Mm -hmm. One of those kids is Gary Coleman. The other one uh, is an actor named Todd Bridges. And then the guy's natural daughter is an actress named Dana Plato. So they were the three young stars of the show, Different Strokes. It was a big hit, so on and so forth. But Different Strokes really became the archetype for the sad child star story because... Dana Plato was replaced on the show or she was taken off the show when she got pregnant and then went on to become a regular person and then a drug addict. And then she committed suicide. Todd Bridges became a cracked addict and a meth addict and he's alive, which is good. He, he survived. Success story. Yeah. Gary Coleman, after different strokes went off the air, went to become just a parody of himself. So he would do a million cameos as Gary Coleman. Mm-hmm. But he didn't really have a career, and he sued his parents because they stole all his money from different strokes, and he was married to a woman who didn't really like him, and then he died and had just, like, he had horrific health problems and then died. So just, you know, different strokes are really sad story. So now you're watching the show about Gary Coleman 
as an angel now that he's been dead and it's like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, you're welcome. It's not just that. It's as a lapsed Catholic, I know a fair, fair few things about angels. I didn't know that angels, like, that they just do, like, cheap magic tricks. Which yeah, is like the, the supposition of this show yeah. that just angels do magic. <laughs> or they're they're storm from the X-Men. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it's so crazy. The amount of world building they poorly attempted to do was also fascinating. The verb was they half-assed. Yeah. 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 Very half-assed. Maybe quarter-assed. But this, this is, is your entry. This is this my is entry, entry into the cartoonocopia for, for this month. And what an entry it is. Mm-hmm. It's 1982. The Gary Coleman iron is hot. For whatever reason, Hanna-Barbera, who not at their, the height of their powers here, said, we need to get in the Gary Coleman business. And so <laughs> they took this fucking kid angel movie and turned it into a show. Now, the general plot line of the cartoon here, they brought back the character of Andy LeBeau as a, a boy <laughs> angel in training who does magic tricks. He's being trained by an angel named Angelica, and that that's really clever. And he goes down and he, hang, <laughs> he goes down, he hangs out with some kids and sometimes he's an angel and sometimes he's just like a boy. Yeah. And sometimes things go through him and, and sometimes they can not see him and sometimes <laughs> they can't see him. It's like ghost dad. It, yeah. And, and they're all being stalked by a demon pimp named Hornswoggle. I think so. Yeah. Whose goal is to get a halo i i don't i don't know he wants off of earth man and he wants to go up not down yeah he's like satan gargamel i don't know what i don't know what this character was he seemed to me like the frosty the snowman magician but like extra mean oh okay demon magician (laughs) he's like the nega lancebert you know what i mean Hmm. like bizarro david copperfield Sure, but also kind D-Vad, of immortal. Dvad Bronze Meadow, if you will. Hashtag Dvad Bronze. Dark Side, the masked <laughs> magician. Oh, Valentino. Yeah, yes. <laughs> this is Valentina, his opposite. <laughs> In every way, it's Valentine. Oh. <laughs> now, does this concept sound like enough to sustain one episode of television, let alone a whole season? Heck no. No, but it was because they made an entire thirteen episode season. Each episode split into two parts here because you can't even make a 20 minute show about this fucking pimp coming after these children. You got to split it up into these little chunks where they keep doing the same thing over and over. Do you know what would have made a better cartoon? Nothing. The story of a pimp going after a group of children repeatedly. (laughs) Why do they have to have like... It's called the Gary Coleman show. Why are there demons and angels? Why is there magic? Sounds like one of those conservative cartoons you used to watch, Shailen. Yeah, I have no idea. (laughs) It's like Davy and Goliath. <laughs> Same general idea. But they could have had just Gary Coleman just be Gary Coleman. Yep. And solve mysteries. That's all you need as a show. No, that's the Mike Tyson mysteries. I'm he not interested just... in Gary Coleman. I'm only interested in Andy LeBeau. Then it Lebeau. should have been called the Andy LeBeau half hour of shit. Some people might like the Angel Gabriel. Some people might like John Travolta. I like Andy LeBeau. <laughs> <laughs> the dead kid who's <laughs> an angel kind of that's not even how angels work uh yeah it is michael was the worst movie yeah not a good not a good movie anyway so one episode of this fucking nightmare it aired 
1982. This episode in particular aired in October 1982, October 16th to be exact. I wish I knew it was happening back then. Ooh, what were we seeing? It's contextual feeling. Different times in 1982. Oh, for sure. The world was being rebuilt under Ronald Reagan. Things were a little better then. In the box office, number one movie, E.T. The Extraterrestrial. A polarizing film. One that I think I still like. I don't know that I've seen E.T. in a long time, though. I loved E.T. The character or the movie? The movie. Okay. I don't know if I like it. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, yeah, I can't, I can't pass judgment on it now, but I, I don't think I liked it the last time I saw it. So when I was a kid, I found it very scary. Mm-hmm. And then when I was a teenager, I found it very entertaining and pleasant to watch. And then when they re-released it into the theaters when I was in high school, my friend excused himself to the bathroom to masturbate. before masturbate. <laughs> there was a group of us that went and uh, when they go out into the cornfield and E.T. like to, jumps up and does like the screaming thing. He hadn't gone to the bathroom. He just went to the row in front of us and he jumped up in front of a couple of my friends and I've never heard people scream so loud in my life and it was the funniest thing <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> I should mention that he's kind of petite and alien looking, so it, it fit. <laughs> Sounds like a blast. <laughs> it was so much fun. Were there a lot of people in the theater? Yes. Four. No, what so I like mad. about that movie is that the... It really knows how to dance. You really get to see that, Up and like, down, E.T., where's Henry Thomas's pants? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eating Reese's Pieces out of his ear. Then he gets drunk on mom's beer. And it's true. <laughs> the movie e. star, Barry cool Morcom, dude. Drew. <laughs> and that other kid with the blonde hair. Uh, the older brother, yeah. yeah. Who is he? What's he about? I bet he voted for Donald Trump. <laughs> Or he's dead. <laughs> anyway, I, I like another Henry Thomas film. I like Cloak and Dagger, which was after this, I believe. Ooh, Cloak and Dagger's a great that's movie. A Cloak, and, Cloak and Dagger's a really good movie. That's a good Dabney Coleman flick. We'll talk about Cloak and Dagger some other time. Number two movie, Officer and a Gentleman. Great sex scene in that movie. Very erotic. Never seen it. I don't know that I'd call it an erotic thriller, but certain parts of it are. Thrillingly erotic. Hell yeah. I remember when I saw that movie, my friend's... Someone went down in the front row and, and popped up during that sex scene, scared the shit out of all of us. But it was just an erection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I meant. Popped up. It's just a dude in a penis suit. And then the person just kept saying, I'm going to butter your popcorn. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to butter your popcorn. Oh. <laughs> it sounded like I was dying. I'm going to butter oh. your popcorn. Hey, I'm going to butter me. your popcorn. It's me, Book 52. I'm getting on that hot dog roller. I don't even know what voice I'm doing. I'm just recording every other week thing. You lose all your voices, yeah, you know? Yeah. Anyway. What was number three? Oh, uh, My Favorite Year. It's a movie that was executive produced by Mel Brooks about a young comedy writer. Hmm. A precursor to a film we talk about somewhat frequently, Funny People. Hmm. Another movie about comedy. <laughs> <laughs> my Favorite Year, a movie that would simply not exist in 2020. I can't fathom a movie like that being released in two theaters. It would be a Netflix special. It yeah. wouldn't be yeah. like a, a theatrical release. Yeah. yeah, it would be a Netflix special and everybody would be like, oh, it's so good. And then I would catch it six years later and go, yeah, yeah I didn't like it. <laughs> didn't care for it. I looked up a couple of toys as well here. Toys. One toy I saw that I liked was the Dukes of Hazard pinball machine. Ooh. 
not full size, obviously, but like one of those little tabletop ones. Then they would make them for movies and stuff like well into the 90s. I always wanted one of those little pinball machines. I never had one. Very sad. I love pinball. I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. That's what that's why I bought the PlayStation. Yeah. I love the NES game pinball. We play that's that for one. hours. Mm-hmm. They made an iPad app, they, the Royal They, like in the last 10 years where they were getting a lot of the licenses for popular tables, like so the Adams Family and Top Gun, and like you were playing like the real pinball tables, but on your iPad. Hmm. Pretty cool shit. But I also found a toy, Shailen, that if you didn't have it, it would be your all-time favorite toy. A toy printing press. What did it look like? It looked like shit. It looked like a printing press, but made of chintzy plastic. I don't think I had that. I had a toy sewing machine. Right. I'm talking about a toy printing press. (laughs) (laughs) She was trying to think of other boring toys she had. I I had a toy thing as well, yes. (laughs) I don't know if, like, I didn't have one with, like, a crank, but I had, like, a stamp set where you would, like, align the things and then stamp the I think this had a crank. I I, I don't know. Yeah. I can't speak for sure on the the crank perspective, but. Go for a crank right now. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Again, a toy that would simply not exist in the mass market in 2020, a toy printing press. Now it would be like a toy app maker. Ooh, I'm making apps. They no, those. they would have to brand it for like <laughs> Fuck the, you. the musical Newsies. What? No. Yeah, that's oh, it's they the would Newsies sell printing press. They would sell it in Hot Topic. Oh, they, they would license Newsies the musical toys? I'm saying if they were going to make that toy, they would have to have a licensing deal with something that kids had seen. Oh, 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 in the, the, the 80s. I see. I see. I'll tell you, when Trump hits the button, we're going to need those printing presses to get the news out. That's right. Drop those pamphlets. News you can use. Yeah. God damn it. So let's talk about the Gary Coleman show. Do we um, have to? Yes. So can see it, Trump. Minute <laughs> <laughs> to bleep all this out. We'll be fucking dissidents. This will be our last I'm already broadcast. marked, Ben. I'm sorry. Well, I don't know what that means. I want to talk about the fucking show. Shailen, that's why we were calling you Republican. We were trying to save you. Thank you. <laughs> I became immediately concerned when I popped up in the Gary Coleman show YouTube clip, and it was 35 minutes long. <laughs> Damn it, Dave. <laughs> it's not, it's not, there's like seven minutes of like repeated shit at the end, so. It's true, and there were some commercials here. I don't know that we'll talk about all the commercials, but we'll, we'll hit a fair few of them, I think. But the video starts off with a couple commercials. So the, the first one you see is for everybody's favorite pocket drink, Capri Sun. There's only one You, you kind of get the gist. There's a theme through the commercials here that they're all original, catchy songs. You know, there's none of this like, oh, I'm watching an iPhone commercial and it's Kendrick Lamar. Right. They were writing 30-second jingles, damn it. And I appreciate that. It's when things mattered. You know, there's a craft. <laughs> That's right. There's a craftsmanship to jingles. My favorite part of the Capri Sun commercial was when they went, now with 10% juice. My favorite part of the Capri Sun commercial. So they are all, are all punching into the pockets. There's one kid. So he's a shirtless boy. And like he's near the pool or whatever. And a girl walks by. And I think he's trying to impress her by opening a Capri Sun. But it looks like he's just jacking off. Huh. <laughs> did you see this kid? I, I did not make note of him. I did see this part. <laughs> it was also it was weird that like they it's were a all little their, weirdo. They were all in their like bathing suits. I don't know why that was. It just felt weird. But like yeah, then he's just like you know just trying to yeah, jab it I, in there. Oh boy! If you're trying to impress a girl, like there's nothing nothing cooler than an opening up <laughs> a Capri Sun. Yeah. 
for me, it was opening up the gusher, you know, like the girls would come by, get my Tom Cruise cocktail on, and then I would pop that top. Mm-hmm. Just anyway, it's a mess. Um, there was another commercial here that I enjoyed. The case of who got Tootsie Fragment Saturday. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> so. It was a commercial for the people's court yeah. and not yes. for the facts of life. But I didn't think the people's court got into like family law like that. They used to. Huh. And then it became such a phenomenon that people wanted to watch. They started doing things like Maury Povich. Speaking of phenomenons, the opening to the show here. Oh, boy. So the show, it does that that thing that we've seen occasionally where there's like an opening to the opening. And it's like, hey, check out Andy LeBeau. He's going to help the kids. And it's showing stuff from the opening credits literally four seconds before the opening credits start. And it's like, what's going on here? Now, there was some talent behind this. The song itself was written by Hoyt Curtin, who was the Hanna-Barbera guy. He wrote the Flintstone song and the Jetson song and all of the other great Hanna-Barbera songs. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the uh, the Gary Coleman show is a banger. Didn't <laughs> oh. did, did stand as real too long. Oh, 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 right. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, oh, it's terrible. We're going to listen to the, the whole opening here because it actually kind of lays out the entire plot of the show on top of the music. So it, it's a little long, but bear with us. Meet Andy LeBeau, brand new apprentice guardian angel. It's his job to watch over a very special gang of kids. And that's Angelica. It's her job to watch over Andy and make sure he doesn't goof up. Of course, none of Andy's good friends down in Oakville know that he's really an angel. They just think he's one of the gang. Throw that in. This is Hornswoggle. He just loves getting Andy into trouble with all his dirty tricks. But don't worry, Andy can handle Hornswoggle. So hang on to your halos. It's the Gary Coleman Show. Okay, okay. <laughs> can I, can I, may I? Yes, please. It sounds like the Smurfs. Like a little bit. And then you got Casey Kasem with his American top 40 voice going. <laughs> it sounds like he's like just announcing every 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 character is is the name of a song. Right. Um and then it and then it goes into like Fat Albert territory. Yep. Yeah. Some it, Sanford and Son. Yeah. yeah. What a mishmash. Essentially, the original intro too, like just just the music, and it's it's, right. it's not too too bad. But the voiceover just is <laughs> the voiceover is uh is, is the real killer here. There are so many funny things in the animation of the opening here that when you put it like with the music and the voiceover, like it's just a mess. Like Angelica puts the halo on Andy, and the first thing he does is like he makes it a little jaunty, and you're like. <laughs> This isn't just a normal angel, guys. This guy, he's a little, he's a little wacky. If it had been a baseball hat, it would have been him turning it back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This isn't your regular angel. <laughs> and then the title card for the show pops up, and it's made of clouds. And you could just tell me this was a show about smoking weed, and I'd be like, yeah, that kind of plays. <laughs> it's How High with Gary Coleman. But then they show Hornswoggle, and he looks like a pimp mixed with snively whiplash. And then all of a sudden, the the, the voiceover is like, oh, he's a demon. But don't worry. And Andy can handle them. And I'm like, 
Oh, well, there goes the tension. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. We're good. And now you've watched the show. <laughs> we're, we're copacetic, guys. So you get the opening, and then we cut to a Hershey's commercial. Hershey. Real milk chocolate. I love that Hershey bar. They originally wrote that song for Sesame Street, but it was deemed too commercial and not educational enough. (laughs) It's because of all the different people singing it, I feel like. And most of them sounding a lot like Muppets. (laughs) Did Sesame Street often have teenagers looking like they were trying to make out with the Hershey's bar? I mean... Because this commercial certainly had that. I mean, the late 70s Sesame Street was crazy, so... Yeah, it's true. It wasn't refined. the, The anniversary of the premiere of Sesame Street. Yeah. We're getting that SEO. Fucking killed it. <laughs> SEO doesn't apply to audio. But or does it? It will. No. It, it applies if you put it in the show uh-huh. notes, my friend. Yeah, he, Sesame yeah, Street, Sesame Street. We Sesame celebrate Street. the anniversary of Sesame Street by watching the Gary Coleman show. <laughs> uh, another <laughs> show about angels and children. Yeah. So the first segment here, and I, God, I feel like we've been talking about this show for a month already. This is Hornswoggle's New Leaf. And this is written by Paul Dini who's a guy we've talked about Baldini, a lot. our good pal. Batman, the animated series, a million superhero shows. Interestingly, given the content of this show, some 25 years later, he would go on to marry a professional magician. So his fascination with the magical arts. That's wild. Spanned, uh, spanned many decades Houdini? here. Houdini? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that'll do. I like it. <laughs> so this fucking cartoon. It opens with Andy, and he's in... No, wait, he's not in his angel garb. He's translucent and dressed like a boy. But he's going down slides and shit, and he's playing basketball. But Angelica catches him. Angelica's so straight-laced. Here's a little of their interplay. Uh-oh. Uh, hi, Angie. LeBeau, may I ask why you aren't on the job? Uh, well, uh, you don't think I'm enjoying this, do you? Need you ask. LeBeau! <laughs> there are some real problems with this show. The top line problem is angel physics. Yes. Um, <laughs> sometimes, so sometimes they go through things and like Angie can magic himself around, but sometimes he's corporeal. So he shoots a basketball and it goes like a mile in the air and then it hits Angelica in the head and breaks her halo because she's corporeal, but then sometimes they're not. And it's just, yeah, this is you know, what I was getting at earlier. Like some, sometimes people can walk through him, and sometimes they can't. Sometimes he bumps into things, and sometimes he walks through it. Like it, it's, oh, it's it's maddening. It's strange, inconsistent stuff. But it does set up here that Angelica's like Lapo. Someday you'll have recruits, and you'll have to fucking train them or something, or send them to hell. I'm I'm not really clear, but um, <laughs> they're gonna have to fight the army of horn, hornswoggle demons. <laughs> demons, yeah. Or, They'll get swallowed into the abyss of hell. But wouldn't you know it? During this conversation. (laughs) Wouldn't you know it? Hornswoggle himself is there and he gets a terrible devilish idea. Lamau! Someday you'll have recruits of your own to break in, and I hope they're all like you. Recruits of his own to break in, eh? Little does Angelica know, she's given me a wonderfully wicked idea. (laughs) So 
he approaches now this is the main antagonist this isn't the first episode of the show it's somewhere in the middle but it's clearly established at this point that hornswoggle is a bad guy right right a bad dude but he approaches andy and he's like hey andy i want to be good i want to be an angel and andy because he's a fucking idiot is like (laughs) yeah that's cool and immediately you know, I don't know the show from a hole in the wall. I'm like, what is this guy? A fucking idiot? <laughs> Casey Kasem told me this guy's a fucking hell spawn. Yeah. That's true. He's a Cenobite, for God's sake. Dude. <laughs> yeah. He's got pins coming out of his head. God damn it. Makes me mad. He's flailing, flaying people. It's awful. <laughs> He's also flailing. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't resist the opportunity, though. Paul Dini and the producers to get in a little short joke at Gary Coleman's expense. I know we've had our little differences in the past. Little? Are you kidding? Oh, because Gary Coleman is short. See? Got it. He's short. Just listen for the different strokes reference they make later. I don't even think I got that reference. I I, I made that up. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I hated this cartoon so much, I didn't hear it. (laughs) It's right after um, when they talk about how Uncle Joey was a molester in Full House. Well, that is true. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. So they go to shake hands here. And, oh man, it's weird because Andy's hand is a fucking nightmare. It's like if you took a syringe full of air and you injected it directly into the palm of someone's hand. So their hand expanded, but their fingers stayed the same size. Yeah. It's like he's nutty professor ring. Yes. Like he's mid transformation. Yeah. It's fucking gross. It's, It's horrible. But they shake hands, and I, like I don't know how he touches Andy's weird inflated hand. But uh, Hornswoggle crosses his, worse. That's probably true. Yeah. He crosses his fingers behind his back, so you know this guy. Oh, fucking tricky, devious, <laughs> tricky AF. So they go to a street corner. Got it. And speaking of trouble, look there. I bet you Max just itching to dunk that paint all over poor Hag. Oh, mercy. Oh, mercy. So he turns into John Stamos for a second. But the setup is a character named Haggle is whitewashing a fence and a guy named Mac is going to dump the the paint on him. This is in the middle of the city. What the fuck kind of setup is this? I mean, there are cities I've been to that have fences and like whitewashed picket fences. I didn't have a problem with that. It's fucking stupid. (laughs) And it sucked. Yeah, it's, it's such a cheap and easy setup. Like, oh, he's, yeah. he's he's going to paint the fence. Like, you're in the middle of the city. Gary Coleman City. I read Tom Sawyer. I know how this goes. So Hornswoggle's like, oh, well, I'll fix the situation. And he takes the paint can and he dumps it all over Mac. And Mac's a, like, he's dancing around and he's drowning in paint. That way. Get that can off his head. <laughs> so... Mac is drowning, and then Hornswoggle's like, he gets the paint can into Andy's hands, and then Mac's like, hey, I'm going to fucking murder you. (laughs) And Andy's like, no, 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 I didn't do it. It was Hornswoggle. And Hornswoggle's like, no, 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 they can't see me. I'm invisible. I'm invisible. And it's like, when, when, wait a minute, what, hold up, when did that, when was that established? They couldn't even cut away and like show Hornswoggle gone or like, a, you know, what, like they used to do in the, um, the Fantastic Four cartoon, like the dotted line. Yeah. Right. Like they couldn't do that. They just had to, just have, there. They, he, they just had the dialogue explain it for you. And it was here 
that I had a bit of an epiphany and it bothered me the rest of the episode. And it's, if you're going to have an angel in training, trying to help a group of kids, that kind of makes sense, right? Like it's, it's dumb. I'm not terribly interested. Never at any point does Andy need to be a boy. Like it just serves to make things more complicated. There's no situation that he gets in where he needs to be a boy. Like he doesn't do anything as a boy that helps the gang. He can only do things as an angel to help them, but he can't do it when they're around because they'll see him. And it's like, why is he ever a boy? There's no need. He could have been Denver, the last dinosaur, and it would have been a much better cartoon. (laughs) That would have been an interesting transformation. I don't know. It just it, like I just I couldn't stop thinking about it. Every situation where it's like must have been Andy. It's like, well, yeah, but if he had just stayed invisible, this would have been easily avoidable. Right, right. I understand. But anyway, so Mac chases Andy under a bridge and then Hornswoggle finds him. And again, it's like, why did Andy have to hide under a bridge? He could have just turned invisible. And it's one of those like classic foot bridges that you see all the time in the city. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Small foot bridges. They were in mid-century France, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) So now they're going up to a house, um, Andy and Hornswoggle, and we talk about low-quality animation. The way the perspective is, it looks like the two of them are taller than the house. And Gary Coleman's a short guy, so this would have to be a pretty small house. But you're with a dude in like an army jacket and a rich girl. She's reading a magazine. At first, I thought the... (laughs) title of the magazine was Rico, R-I-C-K-O. They panned in later and zoomed in. It actually said Rich. So she's just reading Rich magazine. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's she's wealthy. Yeah. 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 I'm going to start a magazine called Rico Magazine. You do that. (laughs) I'm always reading um, Middle Class. It's my favorite magazine about my my wealth status. (laughs) Depressed Reader's Digest. (laughs) Rico Magazine is going to be a mad magazine competitor. I'm bringing, I'm bringing the concept back. But it's no average male, which is the name of my favorite magazine. <laughs> Jill, what's your favorite magazine? Who said that I was immortal? Magazine. Dog country. <laughs> Cat fancy. Cat fancy. Republicans digest. <laughs> <laughs> Trump TV guide. Anyway, <laughs> so... There was all kinds of treats there. Um, there's some some happenings going on. What's you up to, Bartholomew? Oh, hi, Andy. I'm helping Lydia get ready for a garden party. Mm, look at all the goodies. Oh, look at all the goodies. Mm. Listeners, we, we want to hear from you. What's your favorite magazine? Hashtag Jam Rag. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Max to riches. Shailen, we need you to engage in the... It's gross. <laughs> Is it the Republican jokes, Shailen? Yep. <laughs> I'd right. it on Facebook anyway. Nope, not like this. Folks, Shailen's not a Republican, okay? Is that enough, Shailen? She, she's in the Green Party. We'll see. <laughs> she voted for Joe, Joe Jorgensen. No, no, I did not do Yo that. Yo Jorgensen. <laughs> I don't know which J is silent. That was his 90s cartoon. It's like a young version of him. He had a pink surfboard. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going. Anyway, they're getting ready for this party. And so Bartholomew is doing the ice for Lydia, who's the the rich girl. And then Hornswoggle like throws a chair at Lydia and she falls into the pool. But then Andy has the chair 
and Lydia's mad at him and she says she says something. She's complaining about something. Very, very strange here. Not designer dress, not expensive designer dress, my exclusive designer dress. It's yeah. just a very odd line of dialogue yeah. to me. That's a thing, though. How often do you hear people talking about their exclusive designer dress? I'm not rich, so I don't hear it, but it, rich people do. Are you do. Rico? I, I, Unknown. I th- I've read about it in Rich Magazine, and so I like, kind of understand <laughs> how that those, those people live, and they're always talking about ex- exclusivity. I have been acquainted with people in a past life who talked about like, oh, I got this gown and it's only, there's three of a kind. I got like the middle size one. It's very weird. You little red riding coat all of a sudden? You heard me. What the hell is going on here? What are you talking about? I can't, I can't talk about this on the show. Is is a little red riding hood a a Republican joke, Ben? Yes. I thought so. That's right. You know, Shailen, if you're not going to tell a story, you can't. You I can't, did tell a story. You can't tell I a said third of I a story. knew people who actually talked about the exclusivity of their gowns. It was very uncomfortable and I didn't care for it. Anyway, so Hornswoggle magics what he says is a towel into Andy's hand. Andy LeBeau. And first of all, Bartholomew and Lydia didn't see just this <laughs> fucking tablecloth floating in the air to Andy. But then, as it turns out, they try to do the old rip the tablecloth trick out, and all the goodies fall down. It's a mess. It's a mess. And Lydia chases Andy under the bridge again. Now, have either of you ever tried the rip in the tablecloth trick? Yep. Didn't go well. <laughs> Where was it? Where were you? Where did you attempt that? I've done it more than once. Uh, How many people with designer gowns were there? Present at the time when I did it, none. Okay, okay. <laughs> Actually, this summer, uh, I did a tea party with our son in the backyard, and I was trying to clean up, and I was like, oh, I wonder if I do the old table. No, no, that did not work out. (laughs) He thought it was very funny when I spilled everything. I I would have thought that was funny, too. I tried to do it at a wedding uh, when I was like 13 (laughs) or 12, and my dad, because we had just watched, I think it was like Family Matters or something, Steve Urkel, or Urkel did it, I think. And I was like, I can do this. And I started to pull the thing. And my dad knew exactly what I was doing because he knew I was obsessed with TV. And he like essentially like dove in between me and the tablecloth. And I only <laughs> pulled it a little bit and ruined half the table instead of all of the table. Well, that's something. Yeah, yeah. I think I could do it. I've never tried, though. It needs nerves of steel and the resolve to get things done. And a panache like no other. That's right. Yeah. You also need a table that is smooth and on an even surface and clean, mm-hmm. so you can't have it be sticky. That's a that's a lesson <laughs> I've learned. Any table near me will not apply that. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> anyway, listeners, we want to hear from you. If you've ever done the tablecloth trip, hashtag smooth table. <laughs> bad magicianing. Okay. Yeah, bad magicianing. Hashtag David Blaine in it. Or is he a sex pest? Shailen? I don't, uh, I don't think David so. Blaine. I don't think so. Okay, good. That could have a different connotation. Hashtag Bla- Blaine it on the rain. <laughs> so anyway, so he's under the bridge again, and Hornswoggle comes, and you know. Oh, go away. I had less trouble when you were bad. Andy points out here correctly, he had an easier time with Hornswoggle when he was bad, but he still goes along with this plan to help Hornswoggle try to be good. And it's just... Fuck. It's not enough to have a premise so flimsy 
that you need to split it into two segments. They can't even extend it into one 10-minute segment. We're just doing the same thing over and over and over. It's going to be the same thing in the next segment. Spoiler, listeners. It's it's the same exact <laughs> thing, but it's like, fucking kill me. So now they go to the top of a hill. I don't know who these characters were. I don't know what their names were. I think the girl was named Tina. And according to Wikipedia, the guy was either Chris or Spence. I'm not sure which. But the boy, he's your classic nerd character. I'm trying to think what he looks like. He kind of looks like Omar Gooding in Ghost Dad. Oh, okay. He's got like the flat top. He's got glasses. Yeah. You're a real classic nerd. I thought character. he had like a, a reading rainbow. Uh, um, uh, well, Lavar, yeah, Lavar Burton L- L- didn't yeah. wear glasses on Reading Rainbow, but he, he? wore sick ass goggles on Star Trek. Hell yeah. That's true. But I think they used the glasses to demonstrate what they didn't think the voice actor would achieve. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got to make sure that everyone knows he's a real nerd. Yeah, yeah put put tape around those glasses too, and have <laughs> him uh, have him have him obsessed with science. Those pants need to be more hyped up. Get him a pocket protector. <laughs> Stats. So, the, you know, he's a nerd because they're out doing a weather experiment. So he's got a weather balloon out there. And Andy looks at Hornswoggle and he's like, oh, shit, whip up a little breeze for this guy. And he does. So Hornswoggle makes the breeze go. The balloon lifts into the air. And then Andy just strolls out in human form, right? And here's the nerd character. I'm doing a barometer reading, Andy. Thanks to this calm, even breeze, I can tell we're in for beautiful weather. I'm doing a barometer reading. This is how scientists talk all the time, Andy LeBeau. Here are some enunciated syllables. This nerd character got at least three stars on my rating. I laughed every time this nerd spoke, every time he appeared on screen. A true delight. This should have been the Weatherman show. <laughs> Could have been. Then Hornswoggle's like, well, you know what? You like a breeze, do you? And then he makes it raining and there's lightning and stuff. And then, again, this is confusing. Hornswoggle then wanders out. It's pouring on these kids. And Andy is just talking to Hornswoggle. Like, he's right next to the kids. They're having a conversation. Nobody seems to notice. That's true. But then Hornswoggle's like, well, you're fucked now, Andy, because you can't do magic because you're next to these kids. So maybe you should just give me your halo. But then Andy, he engineers like this Rube Goldberg thing where... Hornswoggle shoots a lightning bolt at a balloon and it deflates around the kids. And then Andy starts to make it snow. Like, I don't know what was going on here. I stopped taking notes five minutes ago in the cartoon. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I was on my back on the couch flailing about going, God damn, Dave, why did you make us watch this? (laughs) My arms very akin. It's my favorite reaction. (laughs) but it was at this point that i was feeling a little bit lost and fortunately the tina character had a had a similar sentiment yikes what a mess (laughs) true enough so the non-andy kids are under the weather balloon they're being smothered and then andy flies up into heaven where he has a book and he's reading the book (laughs) it's exciting Levitating, disappearing, walking through walls. Ah, here it is. Again, levitating, disappearing, magician skills. They're not angel Not angel skills. Or like ghosts. I don't know. Yep, that's accurate. (laughs) Very spooky. Yeah. When I think of angels, I think of like healing or or helping, not like being an idiot and floating. Anyway, so Andy learns the spell because it's a spell for some reason to make it stop snowing. 
and he sends Hornswoggle away in a like a snow cloud, and he brings Angelica flowers, and that's really kind of the end of the segment. But something happened here at the end of this segment. I didn't care for it. I don't like feeling threatened by a television show, but here I did. The Gary Coleman Show will return after these messages. And I didn't care for that. <laughs> I didn't want to know that the show was coming back. No, stay away. Why? I want to be done here. It's like when the shark comes back to finish you off. Like, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm nothing but chum. Uh, so here we had a commercial for the Play-Doh Fun Factory. The Play-Doh Fun Factory came with a Frogger Fun Kit, which had nothing to do with Play-Doh, but looks pretty cool nonetheless. I loved it. We also had a Lucky Charms commercial. I do have some audio for that. Oh, oh, the kids are after me lucky charms. I'll make a balloon and take off with me crunchy oat cereal with marshmallow surprises. Pink hearts, yellow moons, orange stars, green clovers, and blue diamonds. Sounds perfectly delicious. <laughs> I'll cut it there. The leprechaun, he gets accosted by like a, a mountain lion <laughs> at the top of a tree. Yeah. What was your, did you guys have a, a favorite Lucky Charms marshmallow? I know they all tasted the same. I didn't have Lucky Charms until I was like 14. Yeah, we didn't have Lucky Charms huh. in the house. And I don't like them now. You don't? No. There's something weird about the texture to me. I like the big globby ones. I think it was the rainbow one and the hat with the shamrock because they were big <laughs> enough that you could like chew on it what and it, it didn't just melt into the milk. The big what ones? I don't even know what I said. Hashtag globby. 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 How about you, Dave? Did you he, he have a favorite my, one? He was my favorite house elf. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I would eat all of, I would eat everything and then leave the red balloons in the milk. So the milk would turn as red as possible. And then, <laughs> and then I would eat them up. So I loved Lucky Charms. Fruity Pebbles, Lucky Charms. Those were my like top two when I was a kid. I don't think I could eat them now. I think they'd probably taste horrible. But when I was a kid. Um, fruity pebbles are delicious and i bought a box and had it shipped to us a couple weeks ago and they put it in the same box as a 24 pack of canned dog food with no packing material uh, the fruity so pebbles are the packing the, material. the fruity pebbles came out and it like the the cardboard box had been smushed so many times that it's like soft so we can't sit it on a shelf <laughs> we have to like lean it on things <laughs> but let me tell you Delicious cereal. Big fan. Even with that dog food scent. Well, it was <laughs> canned food, so it, it was sealed. Oh, okay. Thankfully. Right. No gravy. Mm -hmm. Hashtag no gravy. Hashtag no gravy. Yeah, I don't know. Lucky Charms, I feel like between the marshmallows and just the consistency of the cereal, if you're not eating it in the first minute, like it's just, it's a globby mess. Yeah, well, it's your, that's your problem. You can't finish a bowl of cereal in one minute. That's how you eat it as a kid, Ben. I well, I prefer to eat my cereal dry. I think we've talked about this on the air before. Uh, yes, yes. Lunatic. Yeah. Well, that's why you hate Lucky Charms because the they, the marshmallows need to soften up a bit. You that's know why true. I hate them? Because baby, I don't need luck. I make my own luck. Sure. That's why they call me the Luckmeister. Yeah. No one's ever called you that. <laughs> it's my new name, the Luckmeister. No, you can't give yourself a nickname. I'll only be known on this show as the Luckmeister. Denied. Yeah, I'm I've been, sorry. I've been calling Ben the Luckmeister for like twelve years now. It doesn't count if it's behind closed doors in the bedroom alone. Hit us up, luckmeister at watchbotpod.com. Subject line, uh, you are the luckmeister. No one's going to do that, Ben. Hit us up on tpublic.com slash artist slash watchbots and 
get your own the luckmeister t-shirt <laughs> now that i would wear yeah. a joke that means nothing to anybody <laughs> the way the internet should be so the second cartoon here hashtag no gravy hashtag no gravy uh is called keep on moving on and it was written by a gentleman named mark shiny the entirety of mark shiny's writing career an episode of heathcliff this segment of the gary coleman show an episode of the new Scooby and Scrappy-Doo show, and an episode of Dungeons and Dragons. And then he kind of lost his luster there? He did, yeah. <laughs> he was shiny no more. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder... He was no longer shinying bright like a diamond. It's kind of uh, kind of unpolished uh, writer. <laughs> ha. Ha. He was very dull. I just want to know what he did for a job for income in between all those shows. So he worked in the music department for a lot of cartoons well into the mid 1990s. I don't know what he's doing now. Do you think he was a real tromboner? He was always like, I'll butter that popcorn. (laughs) What I will say is with a cartoon this exciting, I don't know how he didn't get more gigs out of this. Because I'm meticulously plotted. This wonderfully dialogued and put together. Well, let's get into it. So Andy is flying on a cloud, and you would think angels would be able to see well, but for whatever reason, not only is Andy using binoculars, he's using binoculars that have wings, and I just wanted to put my fist through the fucking television. <laughs> Angel binoculars. It's like everything in heaven would have angel wings. But like then that goes to like what about his clothes? What about his robe? Like do those get yeah, wings? Yeah. They should have they should all have wings. And so he refers to himself as lookout LeBeau. And then Angelica comes and she's like, LeBeau, shouldn't you be down on Earth? And he's like, I can see things from up here, but I'll I'll go check for trouble. And he leaves. And then Gambit came in and he was like, <laughs> What can I do for you? <laughs> <I share?" laughs> <laughs> Somebody call for Remy? <laughs> It's now the Remy the Bow show. Hmm. Do you think that Remy and Andy are related? Cousins. Distant cousins. No question. They're definitely related. What was the name of like their gang at X-Men? The X-Men. No, the fucking <laughs> Backwoods gang. What no, were no. they? The Swamp Rats? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Hashtag Drain the Swamp. Um, the Hellfire? So, no, that's, no, that wasn't it. No, they were like the fucking... Swamp track. There were the Teeves. The Teeves. The Teeves, yes. In the <laughs> Assassins. The other crew? Assassins. Oh man. Teeves and like Assassins. Assassin's and Templars. So so the Nobody thing that he was, with the <laughs> was looking at was a thing you see on street corners across America. A group of children gathered around an old woman with a tray of cookies. It just felt so nefarious. But Andy flies down to Earth, and now he's a boy. He's wearing a nice polo shirt. And I had this thought, was he a kid who died? If he was a kid who died, did they know him before he died and they think he's alive? Do they oh. ever ask like where he lives? Oh, weird. Do they ever ask about his parents? Or is it's just like, oh, this is uh, Andy LeBeau, the street kid. I, I, it was just weird yeah. to me. That's a lot of questions that you're asking when I was just being angry. While we watched this show. I know, flailing about. We've established that. Yeah. You were mad about the election. <laughs> Shailen, I sent this episode to you to distract you from the election. Now, we got the results we wanted, kind of, sort of. Uh, TBD. But, TBD. <laughs> maybe. maybe. 
God, Probably. This going to age badly. Yeah, this, anyway. is, this is not going to age well. <laughs> it's going to age fine. Um, so anyways, it's Mrs. Trendle, and she's made some cookies. Let's meet her. Well, hi, Andy. What brings you here? The heavenly scent of Mrs. Trendle's cookies. What else? Don't be shy. Have some more. I'm trying real hard not to be shy. I assumed that Mrs. Trendle here was Hornswoggle and that there was something fucked up about the cookies. I also had that thought. But But it was quickly dispelled because immediately after what we just played, here's the next clip. Why, Mrs. Trendle, is something the matter? Oh, it's it's nothing. We want to help. Please tell us. Come on, out with it. Well, all right. I just bought this beautiful little dream house in the country, and now I don't have enough money to pay for moving expenses. It's like, so she bought a house, but she can't move? What a fucking dumbass, Mrs. Trendle. It seems (laughs) like a really bad message for kids. Yeah, sell the cookies or budget your money a little better. It is a bad message for kids, Shailen. Why plan ahead for something like affording to be able to move when you could just not do that at all and stand around on a street corner with cookies looking destitute? Also, if Andy LeBeau is dead, right, and he's become an angel, how did he die? Ben, to extend your concern about Mrs. Trundle, Mm -hmm. did she poison Andy? Probably. Yeah, those cookies? What she did is she had her moving expenses. And she rammed the cash down his throat and he choked on it, but then she couldn't get the money back. She's been looking for his body ever since. Yeah. yeah. That's why this all feels a little off. Yeah. Hmm. What do you think, Shailen? How did Andy die? Stupidity. Like he's just... Uh, I think no, he, I, I need a specific cause of death. He was hanging out with his friends, right? And he just uh-huh. walked out a third story window and didn't even notice. Hmm. That would fit well with this group of friends, as we'll get to in a yeah. moment here. Dave, how did Andy die? Aside from the poisoned cookie? Yeah. He was shooting basketball and Uh shooting hoop, as he used to call it when he was uh, back on Earth. And the ball bounced off of the rim and beyond out of the park. And so Andy went to go chase it. And it it hit some train tracks. uh, And he got struck struck by a train. And then the train crashed. And Harrison Ford's character, Richard Kimball, jumped out. Mm, many connections. Yes. <laughs> and he said, I don't care. Richard Kimball said that? No, Tommy Lee Jones said that. <laughs> Damn it. I don't care. I said, Professor. <laughs> ran away. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, we want to hear from you. How did Andy die? Hashtag six feet LeBeau. Ooh, very good. All right. So a few weird things happen here. Lydia offers to pay for the moving expenses. And Mrs. Trendle's like, no, I can't take the money. And then Andy's like, oh. Well, I can, like, he's thinking to himself, I can just levitate all the furniture around. And Angelica comes in. She's like, no, 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 LeBeau, you can't do that. But they were just fucking around with weather. And in a minute, he's going to make time go backwards. So moving furniture doesn't seem all that egregious to me. It seems to me that she's the shittiest teacher ever. Yeah, she sucks. (laughs) She didn't teach him what the rules were in advance. And then when he's like, hey, I'm going to do something nice, she's like, fuck you doing something nice. All you're allowed to do is mess up weather balloons. Yeah. yeah she's also not there. Like when Hornswoggle came in in the first segment, she's like, you better teach people how to be nice. And then Hornswoggle comes in and she doesn't appear again. Right? Yeah. It's, it's like, where were you when Hornswoggle was Hornswoggling Andy LeBeau? She is going to make an appearance here in a moment that I particularly enjoyed, but just a, a weird character. So the kids are like, all right, we're going to help you move. 
And now we're at uh, Mrs. Trendle's apartment. She lives on the top floor, whatever. Now, mind you, just a moment ago, Mrs. Trendle said, no, Lydia, I don't want you to pay for anything. Okay? That literally just happened moments before. Hmm. What motivated the appearance of that moving truck? Yeah. And besides that, where'd he come from? He came from my allowance, silly. But Mrs. Trendle said... Do we wait for a high wind to carry the furniture? (laughs) Now, we're going to get to who the mover is in just a second here, but... To me, the job description of a mover is somebody who moves things. Is that fair to say? I would yeah. generally think that, yeah. yeah because so. here, the kids hire a mover. Lydia has paid for it, despite Mrs. Trendle saying not to. They still are moving all of the stuff out of her apartment, while the mover that they have paid ostensibly is doing nothing. That's weird enough on its own. But the episode really fucking takes a turn here. Because the mover, I'm going to spoil it. It's Hornswoggle. Uh. Hornswoggle, you're the moving man. <laughs> and in the previous segment here, Hornswoggle had on a big purple pimp hat and a big purple coat. But here he's got on some fucking bootcut jeans and a cap and a t-shirt. <laughs> and he's like standing with his leg out just so. And it's like, I had so many questions. Real casual. Did he start a moving company for the purpose of this? Did he kidnap the owner of the moving company? Where did he get these clothes? Where did he get this truck? Maybe he's possessing the body of the mover and only Andy can see that. Oh, that's a weird one. But I wondered, like, I don't know. I I was like, what is, I don't even know what more Hornswoggle's trying to accomplish. Maybe he's just looking for some side cash. He's just like a trickster. Like, it's just, he doesn't do anything terribly nefarious here. Right. But I was like, oh, fuck, it's Swoggle. Look at him in his fucking cap. Yeah, I don't know how he's not, like, in the first one, he's, it's obvious that he's thwarting Andy, right? Right. Yeah. He's trying to, I'm going to get that halo. In this one, he's like, thwarting his friends, sort of? But I don't know how that affects Andy. So it it does. It has no relation to what Casey Kasem told us at the beginning of the show. It's this mildly disturbing thing where Andy is the guardian angel for like these six teenagers, and he's bad at it. He's bad at it. But it makes you think: Is Hornswoggle the anti-guardian demon for these six teenagers? And does that mean that for every small group of people, there's ostensibly like demon who's trying to kill you at all times? Yeah, yeah. That's fucking depressing. Is Hornswoggle like trying to final destination these kids and Andy's just mm. constantly trying to prevent it poorly? I think he's like the most low grade of demons, right? He doesn't mm. cause actual destruction and death or, or anything particularly horrible. He's just kind of a nuisance, mm-hmm. right? It's like the robber that comes to your house and just takes one battery out of everything that runs on a battery and unscrews the light bulbs but doesn't take them with him. The, that's really, like, that, that creeps me out. <laughs> <laughs> Right, it's super creepy. Why is this person obsessed with making our life hard, but like he's not killing people Hmm. and he's not destroying things? It's just, oh, you went to a lot of effort for a prank? Yeah. So we're in the apartment. Bartholomew and the nerdy kid are going to move a piano, but then Bartholomew's carrying the stool and he trips over a box and then (laughs) he falls onto the stool. The stool rolls about 70 feet because it's a big apartment and he flies out the window it's correct. seemingly to his death. But what actually happens is he's holding on to the windowsill and the nerdy kid, they're holding on to each other. But then 
you remember that these kids are teenagers. Mm-hmm. They start chatting, and it goes in a, a weird direction. Maintain a firm grasp. Seems like a weird time to be giving that kind of advice. <laughs> he had seen the Capri Sun commercial from earlier. Yeah, well, they're, Ew. they're horny teens. I don't know what's going on with the uh, North by Northwest music in the background. <laughs> It's tense, okay? Hoyt's motivations. So Andy saves them, and then there's a bird that goes missing, and the bird cage flies open, and I don't know. Andy's like, oh, I should be an angel, and uh, this is for the bird. But then Angelica shows up just to roast him? I wonder how I'll make out with a bird brain. Well, at least you're evenly matched. Sorry, LeBeau. Couldn't resist that straight line. <laughs> and then he, she warps away? If our analysis here is disjointed, it's because this fucking segment was disjointed. It was painfully disjointed. You look away for 10 seconds because it's boring as fuck. And then you come back and it's, you nothing has really changed. Yeah. <laughs> so the kids go to lunch, and now it's just Andy and his hornswoggle, and they're in the apartment. And Andy's like, well, I'll just move the shit myself. And the animation here was fucking crazy. <laughs> he magics a, a barbell in and he's like, he's doing overhead shoulder presses and he's getting real jacked. And then literally there was no cut. He's doing barbell presses. And then the next frame, he's just standing there again. And he's like a little more jacked, but it's like, they didn't transition anything. It was so weird. The thing is, if the way that he exercised and got results immediately were a real thing, I would be fit as hell because I wouldn't give up after two days because I'd immediately be ripped. Yeah. Immediately. Never give up is the John Cena motto that you live your life by. I wish that were true. Oh, you live it by a different one. Um, oh. You can't see me. Always <laughs> give up. <laughs> give up when you don't see immediate results and feel... You don't see results. Dissuaded. Yeah. Classic liberal attitude right there. Now people don't know what you are. You can't concede, Shailen. You have to go out and you have to demand... A recount on the barbells. And Mm -hmm. you get litigious if you have to. Get litigious because you can. That's the American way. Indeed. So the next six minutes of the episode, I I just summed them up really quickly. Andy's like, I'm going to move this stuff. And Hornswoggle's like, no, you're too weak. But then Andy tricks him into moving all of the stuff. So that, that took me about 15 seconds. Yep. That's no less than like two and a half minutes of airtime. He tricks Hornswoggle the first time into moving the piano. And then he's like, well, that's fine, but can you do it again? And then they just keep doing this over and over and over. And then Hornswoggle has a pile. And then he's like, well, that's fine, but can you move it all into the truck? And then he moves all the stuff into the truck. And ostensibly, Hornswoggle drives Andy, the kids, and the stuff in the truck to the old woman's house. And you find a very thankful Mrs. Grundle or whatever the fuck her name was. Mrs. Grundle. <laughs> and I never could have moved here without all your help. Thank you all. You're welcome. You're welcome. Do it. Do it. My favorite thing, just murmuring. But then, so Andy and, and Hornswoggle are talking and you get the grand reveal. Right, Hornswoggle? You didn't do bad at all. Bad? I didn't do bad. Mm, that's right. Wait a minute. What? I've been hornswoggled. Oh, <laughs> that's my name. 
He talks about horn swoggling the world, and then he storms off. And the episode ends here at the house, and I was like, did he take the truck with him? <laughs> if he did, how did they get back to the city? It's a good question. <laughs> he really did horn swoggle them there, but there you go. But we're not done. Oh, I'm so sorry. Not by a long shot. A couple more commercials here. First one for eponymous gum, Big League Chew. You're in the big leagues when you make a perfect slide. You're in the big leagues. Big League Chew was forbidden for me for, for many years because I had braces. Oh. And it would get caught in the braces. After watching this, I thought about getting a pack of Big League Chew and having it on hand for the recording. And then I realized chewing gum into the microphone <laughs> not a good uh, sound for half the population would get you you know would get you going and the other half uh would go insane yep not I'm, not I'm, from arousal i'm glad you chose to not do that yeah it's insane from arousal <laughs> yeah that's right. i like that that's the power of my chewing uh, this boner's <laughs> lasted too long i'm insane <laughs> that was one uh the other commercial here was for Havsy's cereal which was a cereal that was advertised as having half the sugar. You guys will be shocked to hear this. Habsy cereal, not a big commercial success. No, didn't land. Any chance you looked up the sugar content in it? No, I didn't. Okay, that I'm that, That's more, that's a bridge too far for me. Fair. So it had half. Half. So we get this weird pre-credits bit that again, it's like introducing the end credits and then you get the end credits. Now this was nice because you get a little bit of the NBC preview as to what's coming up later in the day and over the weekend, including this. Tonight on different strokes, it's a slam bang comedy as Arnold falls in love. Then on silver spoons, Ricky goes ape when he befriends an orangutan. Tomorrow night, don't miss the heartwarming special grandpa. Will you run with me? Starring Dorothy Hamill, Eric Estrada, Andy Gibb and more. I would watch all of that. <laughs> Dorothy Hamill, Eric Estrada, Andy, Andy Gibb, and more. Grandpa, Grandpa, will you run with me? Run with me. And Silver Spoons, they're friends with orangutans. He goes ape. Oh, man. 1980s was, was great. Yes, it comes back then. We're something else. Yeah. And we still weren't done. I don't have clips of these, but the last couple of things you see here are, are the most insane. One is a commercial for Strawberry Honeycomb. And the reason it's weird... Picture a Little League game. You know, kids playing Little League. There's an umpire. There's parents around rooting the kids on. And then a man who's dressed like a milkman uh-huh. drives onto the field in like a rickety-ass looking car tastes like a strawberry. Right. Yeah. Then he just gives them all cereal. <laughs> and they're psyched. I feel like this happened to Shailen in real life when she was little. <laughs> I was the strawberry man. I don't think it happened to me, but if it had happened to me, it's one of those things where I would have just accepted and been like, cool, yeah, cereal. All right, strawberry car. Yeah, I'm I'm in with this. Hashtag strawberry man. And then the last thing here, this was so weird, and I don't think you picked the episode because of this, Dave, but it was so topical and so strange. There was a segment called NBC Kids Ask. Yeah. And it was a kid asking a question about how something gets into the Supreme Court. (laughs) (laughs) And I I went, oh, no. (laughs) I did not pick it because of that. It wasn't Fox News, so I don't think that our illustrious president saw it. But He was from Norwood, Massachusetts. (laughs) He was from Massachusetts. (laughs) So that's the Gary Coleman show, fucking finally. Would you show this to a child? (laughs) Fuck no. Uh, Yeah, I would. (laughs) (laughs) No, Besmirches angel physics and what angels are. <laughs> Besmirches. And as a lapsed Catholic, you care about that. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just most definitely think it's way too confusing. <laughs> I wouldn't want to try to explain it. Sorry, as a fan of the Hinder song "Lips of an Angel," that it it, <laughs> it affronts me. So that song "Send Me an Angel" from The Wizard was originally written as the theme song for the Gary Coleman show. I don't believe you. Heaven above, me an angel. Make sure he looks like Gary Coleman. <laughs> And let's go with one to five of Mrs. Grundle's poorly budgeted cookies. Half. Half what? Half a cookie. Okay. I give credit to the fact that this existed and they got Casey Kasem. (laughs) Here ends the list of redeeming qualities. Do you know what's funny about Casey Kasem being there? For rebroadcasts that weren't on the original NBC, Casey Kasem, that voiceover, not there. So his contract only with the NBC broadcast. So one of the redeeming parts of the episode, simply not there if you watched it years later. Hmm. And for the rebroadcast episodes, I would give it one third of a cookie. Okay. I would give it zero, but I picked it. So I feel kind of obligated to give it a point, which is what I'll give it. I will give it four points, four (laughs) out of five. No, it's one that like the show is so poorly conceived and the show that it was based off of was also poorly conceived which is like mm-hmm. bad idea a basket of, of bad ideas i'm gonna give it a one and a half and it's split up thusly one half just because the story behind the show is so weird <laughs> it's so intriguing piqued my interest half for that nerdy kid sort of to one and then the other half cookie here is because the children of America were introduced to pimp demons through this show. And I think, you know, that's not the worst thing in the world. Everyone loves a pimp demon. The kids need to know that pimp demons are out there Mm -hmm. trying to hornswoggle you. Probably carrying COVID around. Yeah. But where the pimp demons? I I don't know. Where are they at? I said beware. Oh, beware. I'm sorry. I thought you said where. I did too, and I was like, are you trying to be hip? What but where? This? Where are the pimp demons? Where are the pimp demons at? Yeah, yeah. That's right. So we got a game. Transition's flawless. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you guys want to play a game? Um, Jalen? The format of the show says we have to. I would love to play a game. Before we recorded tonight, I was, uh, was grocery shopping. And I was standing in line waiting to check out, and I looked over, and one of the, it was like Us Magazine or or People or something, and Rich just, Magazine. Yeah, it was Rick Rico Magazine. Rico Magazine. And every headline, it just hit me. Uh, you know, I, I'll have these like moments where just like the year's events just hit me, and and this was one of those moments. It was like, you know, Sean Connery and Alex Trebek have died. You know, Lori Laughlin, Aunt Becky from Full House is in jail. There's murder hornets. There's th- threats to democracy. It's it's just been the worst, right? And so I figured, let's lean into that. So I Googled stupidest cartoon to find this. I found another list seeking the worst cartoons. Mm-hmm. And I found this. So this game is based off of a, uh, a top 10 list I found. Uh, it's a crowdsourced listicle from, it's just called The Top Tens. Sure. And it is a listicle of the worst cartoons. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take people's reviews or reasons why these cartoons are the worst. I'm going to read them to you. You guys are going to have a chance to guess what 
the worst cartoon is. Okay. Okay. Point for correct answer. Are we going head to head or taking turns? It's head to head. All right. What's the name of this game? It is called The Worst. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Fitting. So just leaning into 2020 here. So here's the first one. This is my least favorite cartoon ever. It is just an ugly, cruel, hateful cartoon designed specifically to horrify viewers, especially the episode blank. I I redacted some of the uh, Mm -hmm. stuff, especially blank seeks help. You can see the malice on Blank's face as he tortures little creatures before moving on to Blank. You can even feel the animosity thrown at you. It's like John Kay himself wants to hurt the viewer. This series is horrible in every way and absolutely needs to be torched with a flamethrower. What show is is South Park. Okay, Ben? Eek the Cat. Oh, pretty close, Ben. It's Ren and Stimpy. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that checks out. It does suck shit. <laughs> I don't know who John Kay is. I think he was the guy who turned out to be a sex monster. Oh, uh, okay, okay. They but, all do. Yeah, for some weird reason. All right, here we go. A lot of the people in this comment section, so there's other uh, worst, why this is the worst comments. A mm-hmm. lot of people in this comment section are seven-year-old kids trying to prove they are big kids by saying they <laughs> hate blank. This show is for little kids. However, I will criticize it. One thing I can appreciate about little kids cartoons is if you do research on child development and have amazing educational concepts and seek to appeal to everyone and not just the target audience, you get greatness. If you don't do your research, have trite educational concepts, and seek to appeal to the lowest common denominator, you get this. This show spawned all the mediocre preschool cartoons we have today. Not to mention the voice acting is terrible, the main character is unrealistic, and it seems like a good idea on paper, but on TV, nope. One out of ten. Extra point because it's overhated. What show is this? Qbert. <laughs> Caillou. Very close, Shailen. This is Dora the Explorer. Oh, okay. A lot of hate for this. You know, Dora the Explorer has a voice actor that we're very familiar oh, with. Oh, I'm I'm very familiar. <laughs> It's in a movie. Do you know this show? Who? Mark Wiener. Mr. Wiener. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's, he's the map. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> I need a nappy. Ah! This one you're not going to get, but I just thought the description was fantastic. <laughs> Other than the sickening animation, almost all of the characters are a bunch of a-holes. It's extremely racist, anti-Semitic, and homophobic. And besides, it's offensive to Filipinos, even though it's clearly a Filipino-American show and the creators being of Filipino descent themselves. The characters' speech are awful because they mumble, which means you can't understand what they are saying. Thank you. That's that's a very good definition of mumbling. Mm-hmm. Also, the characters' designs are totally awful. I barely saw one episode, but I refuse to watch the whole damn thing. It has to be one of the worst cartoons, in my personal opinion. But it made it onto the worst list. He didn't watch the whole thing, but he had enough to name it the worst cartoon. Huh. That's a lot of clout. The PJs with Eddie Murphy. (laughs) Hey, Arthur. Hey, Arnold. Hey, Arnold. Arnold. (laughs) It was the one where King Arthur lived with... Hey, Arnold. Come on, the football head guy. Yeah, yeah. Come on. It was actually Dexter's Laboratory. 
No, no, no. It was um, it's a show called The Nut Shack. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some properties have she sheds. My property, we get a nut shack. <laughs> a nut shack, mama. Uh, it's the outdoor man cave, the nut shack. And around and around. <laughs> the nut shack. Oh, man. All right, Listeners, we want we want to see uh, we want to see your man caves. Hashtag my nut shack. <laughs> yeah, you go deep in the woods, you know. Just bring up a couple guys, your closest <laughs> guy friends, and just have a ball at the nut shack. The walls are just made of stainless steel, and there's boxes of tissues every six inches. <laughs> Gross. Got to get your nut shack. It's the pornographic version of Shake Shack. So offensive. Blank thinks he's so smart. This show isn't even funny. I mean, random humor can be great, but you have to do it with style. Cutaway gags can be funny too, but Blank just uses them excessively, and his placement is awful. Seriously, this, air quotes, comedian has no finesse whatsoever, and the show is just full of stereotypes. I hate Blank. He's just a stupid misogynist idiot. Blank is a nagging wife stereotype. Blank is a punching bag. And please, somebody fill me in. What, what's so funny about giggity giggity goo? Oh, yeah, well. Fam- family, family guy. guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the second you started, I was like, I don't care what I'm saying. Family yeah. guy. I also yeah. had that thought. So the first few blanks are Seth MacFarlane. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know what? This person's right, though. Seth MacFarlane. I'm not going. You know, I'm not doing it today. I'm not going on to Seth MacFarlane. Right? That guy fucking sucks. Him and Lin Manuel Miranda go live on a fucking island somewhere. <laughs> oh, bro, I can sing him a song. Like you suck, shit, pal. I'm a crooner. I've always wanted to be a crooner. When he gets signed by Fox to like a fucking two hundred and fifty million dollar development deal, do you know what I did? I went and I stood in traffic. But we live on a we live on a quiet street, so nothing happened. It's upsetting. You walked to the, the ocean, neighbors just came tired. out and said, "Do you want some yeah. cookies?" And I walked back. <laughs> I was so tired and full of liquid that the tide just brought me back in. Yeah, boy- that's buoyancy it for you. you. So I've never seen the show, but I think you guys have. Here, here it is. You know what's funny? There's more action and adventure in modern SpongeBob than this show. It's just so boring. I used to love not so long ago, but then it hit me. All you people spoke out, and I realized it sucked. And this character? Jerk, arrogant, and control freak, overreacting over everything. This character? Heckler. Squidward is happier than her. This character? Troublesome. Bleeps. Bleeps? Fox. That is. <laughs> Just as bleeps <laughs> who fight over small things. It's Fox. Uh, this should be number one. It's the worst cartoon ever. What is it, Ben? Uh, Fox instead of bleeps. Fox. <laughs> Just Fox. Fox. Jeez. You got a heckler and a jerk. I'll give you a hint. It's a superhero show. Hmm. Uh, Spider Man. Mm hmm. Is it Teen Titans Go? It is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a pretty accurate assessment, honestly. <laughs> there's a punching bag. There's a heckler. Shailen gets a point. It's two to one, Shailen. Hell yeah. Yeah. Teen Titans Go. Too late. <laughs> it's never too late. I, uh, I cut this this review down because it was like pages long. <laughs> That's my favorite interview. <laughs> it's so good. There's no TLDR for this. I think I picked out the most, you know, heated part of it. Animation. Burn it! 
It is so atrociously ugly that it makes Angela Anaconda jealous. It's that ugly. It has ugly characters and puke-like colors, and everything is so bland. Uh, That's the end of that clip there. Somebody Mm -hmm. responded to the comment, and this is how that goes. Sir, you are obviously a sadistic loser with no life. This is a show for little kids, and also much, much more than you can ever better than anything you can do in your life. So take your hypocrisy somewhere else, then maybe we don't have to be subject to your torture. Ben, what show is this? It's a show for little kids with a bland animation style. Hmm. How about David the Gnome? (laughs) No. Arthur the Yardvark. No, it's Phineas and Ferb. That's huh. not bland. According that to is this reviewer, colorful and puke like colors. It's a great show. I like Phineas and Ferb quite a lot. Well, this person hated it for pages. Pages worth of hatred for a show that has catchy music, funny jokes, and jokes that a five year old likes all at the same time. Yeah. I'm just picking them out, Shailen. I don't know. Don't shoot the messenger. I will shoot the messenger since the message writer is unavailable. <laughs> There's a certain irony. We're like, oh man, this guy wrote pages on the internet. We spend roughly two hours a week doing the exact same thing. Well, yeah. not to mention like the research that goes into it and the other stuff, the well, editing. Some, yeah. some of us do research. <laughs> I actually did research this one. I didn't do any research, you suckers. Okay, here's the next one. Show teaches you that friendship is something that helps you and will never end. But I tell you what, this is real life. So there is a 86.69% chance that your friendships will end. It's very sad. That's dark as <laughs> it's hell. really fucking dark. What show is this? Can I ask a clarifying question? Yeah. <laughs> is it recent or a little older? I will give you a hint. With that answer, it is a it's a recent show, but is a re- reboot of a show from the eighties. Shira, damn it! I was going to say Shira. Is it Shira, Dave? It's not Shira, Ben. Ducktales. No, no, good guesses. My Little Pony. Friendship is magic. Oh, yes. so apparently this person got really burned by their friends and just hated My Little Pony after. And then they got burned by the Bronies for coming out there yeah. with this. Tough stance. I was going to say Care Bears, but they didn't have a reboot. And I, for oh, some they did. reason, didn't. they did have a reboot. Did they? It's awful. Other than Journey to Joke a Lot, the movie? No. <laughs> it's like a 3D animated thing. So it's like yeah, computer animated. It's, oh, it's so bad. That's another thing with magic. The Care Bears had magic. Was the fucking magic guy a demon? Was he a hornswoggle? They had the Care Bear stare. It was a different kind of magic. Were Care Bears in Yeah, but they had a magician. Um, No, they were in uh, Care Bear Town. Care a lot? It was just north of uh, Poughkeepsie. Journey to Care a lot. Care a lot? All right. I have an anti-fan fiction of blank. After the last (laughs) episode, he gets a call from a businessman. They want to build a 200-lane freeway in a metropolis on all of South America. Blank accepts. (laughs) Later, he is getting chased by animals because he accepted the deal. They surrounded him. The last sign of blank was a yell that was 19,999 hertz loud. That is almost outside the human hearing threshold. Wild Kratz. 
<laughs> it's uh, Go Diego Go. So people really hate the Dora Diego universe here. So this person's anti-fan fiction was a child signing a business deal for a 20,000 lane freeway and being killed by animals? Yeah, like, I guess Diego is a big animal show. So, it's, so you're, you're on the right path with uh, yeah. Wild Kratz, Ben, but I have no idea. Huh, that's horrifying. Like I, a child being ripped apart. Do you think that that's how Andy LeBeau died? Maybe. <laughs> I feel like the anti-Dora, anti-Diego thing might have a hint of racism to it. Just oh a hint of it. Oh, Chill, we were just we were joking about the Republican thing. You don't need to prove. You don't need to, to prove your saying, shirts here. I thought Diego was an okay show. We'll do the secret handshake. Everybody knows you're cool. And that review was written by Shailen. Next one. Bad behavior. Very poor graphics. Most annoying theme songs of all. The nose of the of this character is not at the right position, especially for this character. His <laughs> honk honk looks like he's snizzing. He, his cry seems to be exaggerated. There are many episodes that contain muddy puddles. At the episode named Washing, aside from Mud Splash, there is also Blank's nude scene. It also teaches us the wrong ways of washing the clothes. Shailen? <laughs> Can you read the first sentence again? Maybe two sentences? It was all... Or, it's all one. Uh, bad behavior, very poor graphics, most annoying theme songs of all. The okay, nose that's... of the blank is not at the right position. The nose of the blank is not at the right position. This makes me think it's PBS related. Mm-hmm. You're well, nose of the blank pushes me in a direction, and that, is, of course, is Dick Tracy, the animated series. <laughs> because the blank didn't have a nose. It was just a face. I think that this is Curious George. Oh, no, no, no. This is Peppa Pig. Oh. Peppa Pig. Sorry. All right. I don't know that it's the nose is in the wrong position. It's that the head is at the wrong angle. It's that their head is always sideways. Yeah. I turned my head sideways for the I, listeners out there. They the couldn't mic. see yeah. it. Yeah. No, they'll hear it on the mic. Look, don't take it up with me. Take, take umbrage with the reviewer, okay? Just the messenger here. All right. This is the final one. Shailen's still up two to one. I don't understand the hype. And just people talking about it everywhere around me, plus Redditors, have ruined it for me. Rick and Morty. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. So we ended a tie then. You said I don't understand the hype and I was getting ready, but the next sentence got me there all the way. Yep. Yep. So it is It is tied. I have no tiebreaker. <laughs> As it must be. Yes. So it shall be. Worst. No winner. No loser. Well, you know what? I deny the results of the game. <laughs> Science means nothing to me. Fraud, I say to thee. Defeated by science's big brother, math. <laughs> yeah, that math is for the liberals. Well, that is true. Yeah. Math, math, math sucks, as our good friend James Buffett would say. Indeed. So here's a, a mailbag question for you. Getting older is fucked up. What's some things you do now that the you of five to ten years ago would be all like, wow, that's lamewad behavior? Thanks, Rudy Pooh Giuliani. Huh. I feel like I have aged this particular year, like five years. So it's almost <laughs> like go back to last December. What were things I was doing now? What, what am I doing now that the me of last Christmas would be like, wow, you suck. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of yacht rock. Oh, I have too. Yeah, I think I unironically like Jimmy Buffett now. Those are probably just a yeah. couple of things. I've been really into Robbie Dupree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Michael McDonald's all right. Michael McDonald's always all right. That's a separate entity. <laughs> I don't know. 
I think my taste in movies or like no my taste that but like I used to like want to watch like more thought provoking movies and now I'm like nah I'm good <laughs> I'm done with those I don't want to be challenged I'm far out of grad school I don't need this anymore uh, yeah I'm done put on the Avengers please yeah I that could apply to me with TV yes it like, could apply the, to you with TV the only TV I watch is like Twitch videos, video game coverage, and The Bachelor. <laughs> That's pretty much it for me. I feel like I've always had really lame old people. Oh, don't be self-deprecating. I'm not being self-deprecating. I still enjoy watching home improvement television, HGTV. Uh-huh. I still like reading uh-huh. cookbooks to come up with new recipes. So your answer is no answer. I get worried about cops driving behind me more than I used to. Does that count? I'm always like, oh, am I going the speed limit? Is it all the drugs in your car? I don't no, understand. I just, like out of nowhere, I just started but, getting really paranoid about it But would like 26 year old Shalyn be like, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> You're, you, you lame wad. <laughs> yes. Yes, 26 year old Shalyn 100% would be making fun of me. <laughs> but that was, uh, yeah. I used to drive real fast a lot. Now I don't do that so much. How fast? Give me a ballpark. Um, Was easy tops? I can't drive fifty five. About you. <laughs> the ticket that I didn't get because I said I was on my way to church camp and they looked in my back window and saw a Bible and some daisies would have been for going ninety three and a twenty five. Bible and some daisies. I think that was a lyric in that ZZ Top song. How 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 how? Give me all your daisies. Give me Bible camp too. I can't go. 92. <laughs> Indeed. That car was zippy. Let me tell so you. Driving fast. Yeah. Or slow? Slow. Okay. I think 26-year-old Dave would really be upset with my inability to talk to people in like large social gatherings now. Like I used to be okay with it. And now I just have, I have no ability to do it anymore. Especially with COVID. Like it's just ruined me. Mm-hmm. I, now I just sit there quietly with my head down. I haven't had an opportunity to test it yet, but I've always been like <laughs> real uncomfortable like in group settings. So I feel like COVID has just protected me from having to deal with it. Yeah, it's insulated. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. But oh, it's great. Yeah. But I also think, I think 10-year-old or 10-year-old, uh, 26-year-old me would be like, Dave, you've become such a better lover. <laughs> You're a better man now. Yeah. If I could see myself... Generous lover. From 10 years ago, they'd, he'd be like, wow, you got the Xbox on launch. That's cool <laughs> as shit. You fucking rule. And then I'd give myself like a big old smooch. You did it, buddy. That's what I would say. To be like, you're, you're hashtag adulting. You'd be like, the hashtags didn't exist yet, buddy. And then, and then I'd be like, hashtag tiger blood. That's what young me would say. Hashtag winning. Yeah. And old me would go, yeah, I know what that means. Yeah. And then we'd be impressed with each other. I remember that reference. There would be a time paradox. Mm -hmm. That's true. You can't meet or see yourself when you travel in time. It breaks things. But then the world would end and maybe maybe it's better that way. Guys, we talked about this last time, but but we can't. Yeah, no, no more. No, no, no more paradoxing. Uh, Listeners, we want to hear from you. What are your old age habits? Hashtag. Uh, you so old. Okay. I'm like, I'm trying to work middle age into something. Um, 
soft in the middle age. <laughs> soft in the middle age. <laughs> and think I'll I'm going to cut out all the dead air before that, and people will be like, "Wow, that was so spry." Yeah, he's so he's so he's so, so spry clever. on the stage. You know, look at him, so clever. Oh, love it. That podcast host is so quick witted. <laughs> well practiced. <laughs> You can ask us your questions, email at watchbotspod.com. So next week, we're going to watch the Dana Plato show, also known as the Sega CD game, Night Trap. If you guys are interested, I'm excited. just watch me play Night Trap. Yeah, weird show. Yeah. I feel comfortable saying one of the weirder shows that we've watched. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Don't this- say anything that will date us by the time this posts in a few days. This cartoon sucked. I'm looking forward to something better next time. And also next time from Dave. Looking at you, Dave. Pick something less shitty. All right, fine. Thank you. I cast a wide net. I'm sorry. Family Um, guy. I'm going to say something that (laughs) will make us sound really prescient, actually. Man, I can't believe... uh, uh, I can't believe um, Kamala did that. So crazy. (laughs) I can't believe that... Trump conceded peacefully and there were no further issues. <laughs> and the country recovered in the last five days. Amazing. I can't believe Vince McMahon sold the WWE to the Trumps. <laughs> that I, I could believe. I would believe that. You heard it here first, folks. Mm-hmm. That's why you come for late breaking news two hours into the show. But you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn at WatchBots Pod. Uh, please rate five <laughs> stars and subscribe on all your, your favorite platforms. Send us your resumes. It's true. We are always hiring interns here yep. for various things. For Dave and for Shailen, this is Ben. Thank you for listening to another episode of WatchBots. And because we're still in this kind of weird period, I think what the world needs now is love. Sweet love. Sweet love. And they need to hear (laughs) acclaimed Beatles drummer Ringo Starr doing (laughs) the intonation of the 45th president of the United States, Donald Trump, as he sings what the world needs now is love, sweet love. Unwrap it, Shailen. You got this. I'm having such a hard time trying to channel 45 into intonation in song. Into Ringo Starr. The Ringo Starr part comes naturally after you get it into the musical form. It just... Start at Ringo Starr. Right? So just start talking. That doesn't work either. All right. Now... Now... (laughs) Now... Now start, oh, loves, start loves singing. Sweet you know. Start start singing the song. What the world needs now. I just did. What the need? Keep going. Do. Keep going. And now you need the intonation of Donald Trump. I can't do it. Which is just a lot of this. Well, the world. No, because it's still just Ringo Starr. See, it's <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't fit together. Well, the world needs now. All right. Here's where. All right. So this is a bust. So we'll switch it up. Okay. We'll make it all it's easier. Fine. It happens. We're gonna keep what the world needs now. Okay. We're gonna keep Donald Trump. Instead of Ringo Starr, Fred Durst. Go. <laughs> Anytime. I don't think I can do it best. I, I think it goes something like this. What the world needs now! <laughs>
Bigly. It's the chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored sweet love. And that's rolling, baby. It's rolling. It's rolling. Rolling bigly. We're going to roll all over the country. We're going to roll all over the democratic process. Oh my god, you guys broke my brain. I'll diggly diggly do. <laughs> okay. I'm on the outside. They're illegally illegally votes. <laughs> Don't arrest us. <laughs>